John chapter 14, we're going to be reading there. John chapter 14. Uh, Great to see you here. Listen, we are in um, a series called Power On. Uh, We started this last week um, and this is uh, talking about... uh, the Holy Spirit, um, you know, the series we started last week with the purpose of the Holy Spirit. We understand the purpose of the Holy Spirit uh, is to bring God's power to your life personally. And Jesus said to his disciples, listen, it's to your advantage uh, that I go away. Because we know as he went away, the Father God sent the helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. So we know from last week, Wednesday, the purpose of the Holy Spirit was to bring God's power to your life personally. So we're going to continue on with this series of power on. And today we're going to speak about the roles of the Holy Spirit. The roles of the Holy Spirit. You know, Anytime you look uh, for a job, there's a few people going for interviews, for jobs here and so on. One of the important parts of the, 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 the job is to understand the roles and responsibilities. So you understand what it is you're going to be doing there. What it is you're going to be focused on, what, it is, where, what team you're going to be a part of. Um, so that's what we're going to understand of the Holy Spirit today, to understand his roles. Uh, what, what is it he's here for? We understand the purpose is to give uh, God's power to your life personally, but we'll look at the roles uh, of the responsibility, looking at John 14 uh, uh, and verse number 15 we're going to be looking at. Uh, and in this text, uh, Jesus is in the last week on earth, his last week here, and he is telling his disciples the most important things to remember. There's a whole long list of things he talks about, uh, um, but we're looking at the central point here in verse number 15, um, and it says these words, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will leave, I will, sorry, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. The roles of the Holy Spirit. So the first role we're going to look at the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is to be present with us. In our text, it says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And we understand that word abide means to remain. It means to be present. And it's in reference to a place. So Jesus is saying that the helper is going to be with you wherever you go. He's going to be in your midst. He's going to be present with you. And this is not talking about a, a theological or theoretical presence, i.e. Uh, we know that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. No, what Jesus is referring to is a personal uh, presence. You see the names of the Holy Spirit, we see many names of the Spirit. One of the names are comforter. Well, we understand in order to comfort, you can't comfort from a distance. Can you say amen in this place? You need to be present in order to comfort. So the comforter, that gives you an idea of someone who is present with you. The helper, we understand that help is best delivered in close proximity. Again, we see the advocate. The advocate is one who stands alongside you to support you. So here Jesus is saying that somebody is going to be present with you, abiding with you forever. These are all to do with close personal relationship. There is something about presence that we like. 
in presence of somebody else, maybe there's fellowship. In presence with somebody else or, or a team of people, there's identity. Definitely in presence with other people, there is safety. I remember I told you a time where I was in France, me and my family. I remember telling you I was shopping. I was a young boy and I was with my family. Everything was fine, but it came to a point where I was detached from my family. I was alone. And all of a sudden, I felt unsafe. I felt there was problems around because I was on my own. It was only when I was reconciled with my family, with my parents, and that I was in their presence that I had that safety. So we understand that presence is a picture of fellowship. It's a picture of safety. And presence means a lot to people. Presence is important. You know, many times people come up to me in church and say, listen, I want to do something. I want to feel like I give value in this church. I want to do something. I want to minister. And I often tell them, listen, sometimes your presence is very important as well. Just you being here is important to people. Just your presence alone can uplift people. The fact that they see you, being present means that you can have relationship with people. Listen, you can begin to build trust with people when you see that they're always there. Always there. You see they're always there. You can begin to build a relationship. You know where they're going to be. You know that they're there for you because of their presence. How many know it's hard to build a relationship with a father you've never seen before? Come on now. He may be dad biologically, but if there's no presence, doesn't mean anything. Come on now. We understand that it's the presence that builds the relationship. So when Jesus said, listen, you're going to have a helper and it's going to, he is going to abide with you forever. He's saying, listen, you can trust him. You can have that relationship because he's always going to be there. He's not going to be that uh, uh, absent father. He's going to be there all the time. When there's presence, there's faithfulness. Jesus said he's going to abide with you forever. Not for five weeks, not for a year, but forever. In other words, if somebody is going to be unfaithful, it's not going to be him. Come on now. If somebody's going to leave, it's not going to be him. Oftentimes, it is us that turns away from the presence. It's us that moves away or detaches. But Jesus said he's going to send, the Father's going to send a helper and he will abide forever. Now, when talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit, we should think about two things. The first is a dependence. The second is an expectation. A dependence, you see, it's funny because uh, we are all dependents. Um, and the problem is some people don't know that until something goes wrong. They don't understand that they are dependents. Listen, we can shout independence all day long, all we want. We can shout that, uh, but we'll always be dependent. I know people saying, listen, I don't need no woman. I can be on my man or myself. People say, I don't need no man. I can make my own money. People say, I don't need no job. I can run my own business. They shout all this independence. But listen, the list can go on and on and on. But how many know we are all dependent upon God in this place? All God has to do is take away the rain and we'll all start to struggle. Come on. He can just change the weather and we'll all start to struggle. We are all dependent upon God. We are all dependents. The list can go on, but we need to understand we are dependent. And the problem is sometimes our pride, our ego makes us want to fight for this independence. No, I can do this on my own. I don't need you to help. I remember going to work. I wanted to open the door for a young lady that was walking behind me. She said, I don't need you to open the door for me. I can open my own doors. <laughs> this, this, this kind of pride, this, uh, this independence, I need to be on my own. I'll sort it out myself. I picked up an article 
of a, of a sign that is in a, a text a textile mill where they, where they make all sorts of textiles and so on. And, and the sign says, when your thread becomes tangled, call the foreman. That's what it says on the sign. Uh, and a young lady came. She was new in the job. Uh, she saw the sign and she said, oh, please, I don't need that. Her thread became tangled. She said, I'll just straighten this out myself. Um, she begins to try and straighten it out and it only became worse. Um, so finally she called the foreman and she said to the foreman, listen, I've done the best I could. And he says, no, you didn't. To do your best, you should have just called me. Because many times we're just fighting this independent kind of battle. I can do this on my own. I don't need no help. But listen, there is a blessing in being a dependent. There's a blessing. Listen, I have four dependents. I can tell you they're blessed. They have to wake up, worry about who's paying the bills. They have to wake up, who's, who's going to buy the lunch, who's going to buy dinner. It is a blessing to be a dependent. And I'm so thankful that I am a dependent of God. Would you depend on God tonight in this place? We have to realize that the Holy Spirit is to abide with us forever and we are to depend upon him. The prodigal son's story, the whole story is about the son being a dependent at first, but then wanting to have his independence. The prodigal son once said, listen, I know I'm a dependent right now in your household, dad, but give me my money. Give me my what's coming to me and I want to become independent. And we know the story, the prodigal son left his father's house and went to become independent. But I love it in Luke 15, verse number 7, the Bible says, but when he came to himself. In other words, when he came to his senses, when he realized how foolish he had been, when he realized that actually it was a blessing to be a dependent, I'm going to go back and depend on my father again. Listen, we need to have that understanding that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about the Spirit of God, we need to have a total and utter dependence upon the Spirit of God. Can you say amen in this place? We need to depend upon him like a child depends upon their parents we should have that view of the Holy Spirit and Jesus said that he's going to be present with us when we think about presence we should also speak about an expectation now an expectation is not only understanding that the person is there present but it's also believing that the person has the power to do something to help come on we know the Holy Spirit is there but do we believe he has the capability to help in a time of need do we have an expectation that the Spirit of God is all that I need to go forward? Expectation is funny because when you, your expectations change how you act. When you don't believe someone can help, you don't even pay no attention. You don't believe someone can impact, you don't even know that they're there. I remember a time my friend told me he was in school. And this was the time, uh, early years in secondary school, uh, and uh, he was in this crew, and they had uh, trouble with another crew, and they wanted to go and fight, and so on. And so my friend, they said, this is the time I'm going to get revenge for all my friends. And so he came and, and tried to punch the guy in the face. Unbeknownst to my friend, that this guy was a black belt in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> this slim, young guy just did one pop, just kicked him in the face the guy just knocked down and he just just completely knocked out why was he knocked out on the ground <laughs> because his expectations of this guy was like, he can't do nothing to help 
He has no power. There's no point. I'm just going to continue to roll over. I'm not even going to pretend he's even there. But obviously, unbeknownst to him, the power was there and he got a quick, swift kick to the face. And he understood, actually, there was something different about that person. We need to understand that God, Spirit, the Holy Spirit is able to do, oh, so much more than we could ever think or even imagine. We need to understand and have an expectation for him to do something supernatural Every time we invoke him, I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 19. It says, I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Paul saying, I'm not going to be ashamed because I have an expectation of the power of the Holy Spirit. We should desire, we should depend upon and expect the presence of the Holy Spirit to make a difference in this place. Romans chapter 15 and verse number 18, Bible says, for I will dare not to speak of any of, of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and in deed to make the Gentiles obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem around about to Illyricum, um, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Paul here is saying, listen, it is only by the power of God am I able to do anything? Am I able to preach the gospel of Christ? Am I able to do what he's called me to do? The first role of the Holy Spirit is to be present. The second role of the Holy Spirit is to bring a conversion. You see, salvation is an absolute miracle. Salvation is a complete miracle. You know, when you speak to people on the streets, uh, some people don't see the need to be saved. Some people don't see the need for God to move. I speak to people all the time and you're telling them about their life, telling them about they need to be saved. They're thinking saved from what? We understand that salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit. What did Pharaoh say when Moses said we need to go and sacrifice to God? He was like, God who? Because we need to understand that people are blind. We see in 2 Corinthians uh, 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 4 and verse number 3, the Bible says, uh, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel uh, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. The only way people are going to come to the full knowledge and understanding of Christ uh, is through the power of the Holy Spirit. So one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to convince people and convict people so that there can be conversion. That's the one of the roles of this Holy Spirit. Look at John 16 and verse number 8. It says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. It is the Spirit that brings divine conviction. When you're witnessing on the streets, listen, you know, it's not your words that's going to change a man or woman. Can you say amen in this place? It's not your wisdom that's going to bring them to their knees. It is a divine convincing that only comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, I've seen grown men at this very altar weeping. I've seen a man, he looked quite large. He was at the altar. He was weeping. Why was that? Was that because of my wonderful preaching? Was that because of my eloquence? Was that because of my wisdom? Absolutely not. It was the conviction of the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit was the one that did that. That is one of his roles. Look at Jeremiah 23 and 29. It says, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Sometimes we try to take the the role of the Holy Spirit and try to convince people and try and convict people. Sometimes we're pointing a finger in people's face saying you're this and you're that. You should be this as if we have the power to change their heart, to change their mind. Listen, we need to understand that is the role of the Holy Spirit. And if we want to change somebody, yes, we can speak. God can use us to speak to people and we should speak to people. But we should pray, oh, Holy Spirit, change this person's mind, change this person's heart, soften their heart because he is able to come and bring words that would pierce and will have a lasting effect on their life. I love it when Peter was in the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus and Jesus was getting arrested and Peter brought out his his sword and he cut the man's ear but that had no effect but you see then after Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came Peter was the one that preached and we see in Acts 2 37 the response is right here it says when they heard this they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do you see this cut had a profound effect because this time it was the Holy Spirit that brought out the sword. Come on now. When Peter brought out the sword, it had no effect. When the Holy Spirit came out with a sword, lives were changed. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to convict and to convince. I love it where it says, the prophet Zechariah says in verse number, in chapter 12, verse number 10, it says, and I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication. Then It says, then they will look upon me whom they have pierced. And yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his son and grieve for him as one that grieves for a firstborn. It's only when this spirit is poured out that people see and begin to be convicted and be convinced of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. When the spirit is poured out, people will begin to come in their numbers and be touched, changed and transformed. Listen, Peter's. Paul, sorry, talking about the gifts of, of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 14 said this about prophecy. It says, if all prophecy, if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all and he is convicted by all. And thus the seekers of his hearts are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. This is why we pray before outreach. This is why we pray before we witness to people. This is why we pray before our concerts, why we pray before our services. Because the work that we're trying to do can only be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. The work we're trying to infiltrate, we're trying to impact this city, we're trying to change lives, trying to change marriages, trying to change young girls, trying to change young men, the ideologies they have of the world, we're trying to impact that. That can only be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And many times people go out to do this type of work, undertake this type of work under their own strength and realize when they get so frustrated Why isn't things happening? Why aren't things changing? Because you're trying to do the job of the Holy Spirit. The roles of the Holy Spirit is to be present with us, is to convict and convince him. And also, one of the greatest needs of life is guidance. 
You see, there's so much we don't know. There's so much we don't have a complete understanding about. We don't know what to do sometimes. We don't know how to do things or we don't know when to do things and who to marry, where to take a job or what job to take, when to move, when to stay. We need guidance and thank God one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is supernatural guidance. And even when it comes to God's word, we know that Paul says in 2 Timothy verse number three and six, chapter 3 and verse number 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So we need the spirit of God in order to comprehend the scriptures. We need the spirit of God in order to take in and understand the scriptures so we can be guided by it. John 14 and 26 says, but the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things that I said to you. We need to understand that going through life, we need to pay attention to the promptings of the Holy Spirit We can't even see the next five minutes in front of us, but God sees the end from the beginning. We need to pray, God, should I do this? Should I take this? People be making large life-changing decisions without, without consulting God. And then shake their fist at God saying, how? Like uh, Naomi, oh, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Because I came out, I left out a fool, but God has brought me back uh, empty. Who told you to go to Moab in the first place? We need to understand as we're living the life, uh, the breath that God has given us, the journey uh, we're walking on, we need guidance. We need to be guided. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us, to take us, to show us things. Look at John 16 and verse number 13. Bible says, however, when when he, the Holy Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. And church, we're saying this, I'm saying this because we need to understand the roles of the Holy Spirit so that we can correctly address him in prayer and say, God, I need you to be present with me. As you said, you are the advocate, one who stands aside to support us. God, I need you to convict people, convince people. We need the power of the Holy Spirit if we're to do the work of God. And most of all, God, I need guidance. Because as Solomon said, listen, I'm just a small child. I don't know how to come in and go out. I need wisdom. I need direction. I know we think we know it all. But listen, we don't know anything at all. We should be subject to the power of the Spirit. And as we're guided, as we're prompted, as we're led by the Spirit, God can bring us into a destiny that we couldn't get to on our own. God can bring us fruitfulness that we couldn't have on our own. We just need to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. And this whole session, this whole season is to get us as Christians thinking about the helper that Jesus Christ sent through because he said, as I go, it's to your advantage that I go. But many people are not taking that advantage. Many people are living their life without the advantage of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Pastor Greg, he told a story. Pastor Greg, he's he's the leader of our fellowship. 
Um, he's in Prescott, Arizona. He told a story of a missionary um, who went to, um, and he was serving the Lord. He was kind of strapped for cash and, you know, he had a, a vehicle that he used to drive around. But every time there was a problem, it, it couldn't start properly. So it couldn't start properly. And every time they had to stop the car, they either had to leave the engine running or, or leave it on a hill. So when they start, it kind of rolls down and starts again. For two years, he was doing this until another missionary came and they swapped. He came and he started asking, what's wrong with this car? And they told him, yeah, it hasn't been working. He just popped the hood and looked and there was a loose connection. As they connected that, the car started properly, no problems, no issues. So for two years, this other missionary was driving a car or trying to drive a car without power. And all this other missionary did was just connect to the power. And he was able to do things that this other missionary could not do because he was connected to power. Dare I say there's things that you are trying to do that you cannot do because you are not connected to the power. Dare I say there's things you're trying to overcome on your own strength, using worldly wisdom, using your own efforts that can only be overcome when you connect to the power of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes things can block that power. Sometimes things can block that communication. Maybe there's a sin in our life. Maybe there's unrepentant sin, unconfessed sin in our life that blocks the communication or blocks the connection with the power. It's time to get rid of those things and connect to the power of the Holy Spirit because God has got a plan and a destiny for each and every one of us. God has got work for us to do and we can't complete that work unless we are fully committed, fully connected to the power of the Holy Spirit and we understand the roles of the Holy Spirit and realise when we should step aside and let the power of God just move as He's designed to move. Can you say amen in this place? We should move aside and let God do what he can do we can invoke the power of the spirit when we understand it is his role to be present with us and abide with us forever it is his role to convince to convict the world of sin it is his role to guide us we need to take these understandings and move forward in our life I always say this listen I always want to challenge people's prayer life Our prayer life is something that we should challenge. If you don't pray, pray. If you pray every day, pray more. If you pray more already, we'll continue. You can't pray enough. You can't pray enough. You can't spend too much time praying. Because we need to invoke the power of the Holy Spirit. There's things that are going against us. There's things that are trying to oppose us right now that can only be displaced or moved and we can only overcome if we are connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. So like I said, this series, at the end of the series, we're going to culminate this series by praying for an outpouring of the Spirit and asking God to empower us because I really do believe God has got destiny locked up in each and every one of us but we need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to continue. Let's understand the roles of the Holy Spirit and let's take our life our journey in Christ further with the power of the Holy Spirit let's give him praise tonight in this place right now thank you Lord Jesus let's bow our heads let's close our eyes in this place understanding the roles of the Holy Spirit